Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina. I'm bringing you today's word for December 15th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. What I did earlier this year was I went through every miracle that Jesus performed, and it took us about five months. And then I started teaching on the parables. Well, we've been on this for about seven months, and we're, we're wrapping up soon because I'm going to shut it down for the year. But this is parable, parts of the, you know, from the parable series, Pearls from the Parables, part 117. So 117 episodes just on the parables. And the title of today's message is Greater Responsibility, Greater Faith, Understanding to Whom Much is Given. You know that we a lot of people know this phrase, and some know that it came from the Bible, some may not. To whom much is given, much is required, right? So if you're given much of you, much shall be required. We're going to deal with being accountable and responsible to God for the things that God has given us charge over. Put this in the chat. I will be faithful towards God. Get ready to receive the word. So let's get into the word for this morning, to whom much is given, of him much shall be required. But before we do, there's a scripture we've been looking at all year. So I'm not going to stop now. The Bible says in Psalms 126 and verse 4, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Put in the air, in the chat, no dry areas for me. I don't want any area or aspect of my life to dry up. If it's dry, then God can refresh it and restore it and revive it. Give me a fresh wind, a fresh anointing, a fresh fire, a fresh zeal. Say amen to that. From time to time, we just need to be refreshed and restored. And God provides that to God be the glory. So in Luke chapter 12, yesterday we looked at the parable of the 10 virgins. And in Luke chapter 12, this parable that we're about to look at comes right after that parable. So in Luke chapter 12, after the parable of the 10 virgins, Peter asked a question. So Peter said, hey, you just talked about these 10 virgins and, you know, five wise, five foolish, and the door being closed, and there was knocking on the door, and it was like it was too late and all that stuff. Peter said, well, does this apply to just us, like the 12 of us, or this does this apply to everybody? <laughs> and Jesus responded with another story. He was like, no, it, it applies to everybody. Let me explain, but I'm going to give you another parable in the explanation. So Jesus said, okay. A master will delegate authority in his house to a trustworthy and thoughtful manager who understands the master's desire. So he's saying, listen, I'm a master. I have a, a lot of stuff. I'm responsible for a lot of things. So what I'm going to do is I need to find somebody in my house that I can put as the manager of, my, of my, everything that I own. And so when I'm gone, this person can manage in my absence, but it has to be somebody that understands my desires and understands my values and understands my will and all of that. So he says, okay. And the household manager will serve what the others need at just the right time, especially while the owner of the master is gone. So whenever the master returns, he will find that his servant served him well and everything was functioning well in the home. I promise you that the master will reward this servant, this, this steward, this manager generously. And he would be placed as an overseer of everything that he owns. So it was, it was almost like uh, Joseph. 
Remember in Potiphar's house, Potiphar was like, Joseph, you're in charge of everything. You know, everything except my wife. He said, right, so I, you, I'm leaving and then you you basically run everything for me. And and because he was doing it well, then he kept giving, giving him more and more responsibility until he was in charge of everything. And so the, if you honor the Lord and you do it well, God will continue to increase you and give you accountability and responsibility over more and more and more and more stuff. Why? Because you're proving yourself faithful over this level and he'll give you more, but he's only going to give you what you're capable of managing. Verse 45, Jesus said, but what if a servant says in their heart, you know what? I don't think my master's coming back anytime soon. And because I don't think he's coming back anytime soon, what if he then takes that as an opportunity to mistreat the people in the house? Instead of caring for the ones that he was appointed to serve, he abuses them. And then abuses all the servants, both men and women. And then he throws drunken parties for his friends and he's doing everything that he wants with the master's stuff. Let me tell you what will happen to him. The master will return suddenly at a time that will shock him. And then he will remove the abusive and selfish servant from this position of trust. He's going to lose everything that he got because he was unfaithful. And the master will punish him and assign him with a position with the unbelievers. He'll be even cast out of the house. Every servant who knows what pleases his master, you know better. Like you know what pleases your master. You know the heart of God, but you refuse to do it. Uh-oh, watch this. You will receive many punishing blows. Like if you refuse to be faithful towards God, especially when you know better, you know better, but you don't want to do better. Mm, there will be a certain level of punishment that you will receive. Every servant who does not know the master's will, but unwittingly does what is wrong is going to receive less punishment. Like, okay, well, you didn't know better and you didn't do better. You did, you did something wrong, but you didn't know it was wrong. Okay, you're still going to be punished, but it's not going to be the same as the one who knew better, but then refused to do better. So those who have received a, a greater revelation from the master are required a greater level of obedience. Those of us that have a greater understanding of God are required to have a greater obedience towards God. Because if you know better, God expects you to do better. And those who have been entrusted with great responsibility will be held more responsible to their master. And in the King James, it says, to whom much is given, of him much shall be required. Uh-oh. So what does this mean for you today? I have like six things to share with you this morning. Let me try to get through all these six things. This is going to be good. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. Number one, the importance of trustworthy stewardship. I've been talking about stewardship once we get into the parables. We, we've looked at many parables on stewardship. A trustworthy steward uh, uh, is someone who understands that I don't own it. God owns everything. He's in charge and I'm representing him. And God has given me the ability or the responsibility to manage the things that he's put me in charge over. That's resources. That's people. Whatever he gives me responsibility for, then I'm going to manage it. And I'm, I'm, I'm required to manage it with a spirit that honors him within a way that values the person that gave me the accountability and the responsibility to do so. So I'm learning that God's values have to be my values if I'm representing him. So we learned earlier in the parables in this series that, that God will only give us what we're capable of managing. And the more that we prove ourselves faithful over little, then God will give us charge over much. So God will entrust us with resources and people and tasks as long as we manage them wisely. Being a faithful steward means that we are aligning our actions, our principles, our conduct, our character, our ways with the one that put us in charge.
right? Because we're representing him. And so we have to know that everything came from God. And so whatever I have, we have Inspired Solutions, for-profit business. We have Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries, our ministry, nonprofit. We have, uh, uh, I'm on multiple boards, so is Isabella. We have children. We have, uh, uh, you know, the school in the Dominican Republic. We have, we have all of these things. Okay, Lord, you have put me. All of this belongs to you, first of all. Second of all, you put us in charge of this stuff. And, and there's a certain level of, of accountability and responsibility that you're holding. Now, if you put us in charge, then you believe that we're capable of managing it. And, and so you've given us the wisdom and the insight to be able to do it. Now, we have to do it in a way that represents you. Why? Because everybody knows I'm a man of God. So if I do something wrong, then I, I am representing you everywhere I go. A faithful steward, if you are faithful towards God and God says, okay, he was faithful over this, I can give you more and I will give you more. And there's no limit to what God will give you. As long as you're proving yourself capable of managing where you are, he will extend you and graduate you to the next level. Now, for those that say, oh, Brother Pina, I just want a next level. Look at somebody say next level, next level. Slap three people say next level. That's cool. That sounds good in church. But if you are not faithful over where you are, God will not release more. You have to be faithful over where you are so that God can release more to you. Say amen to that. Number two the dangers of complacency and neglect. You know how the Bible says, all we like sheep go astray. How do sheep go astray? Little by little. How do, how do managers, good managers turn into bad managers? Little by little. It, it is complacency. They get, if you get complacent in your duties at work or in Christ, if you get complacent in your duties, you're going to start to let things slip that you used to catch. If you get complacent and lackadaisical, you don't pray like you used to pray. You're not, you're not in the word like you used to be in the word. You're not focused on God like you used to be focused on God. Maybe you don't go to church as many times as you used to go to church. All of that stuff, what's going to happen? You're going to let things slip that you used to catch. See, when you neglect your responsibilities, you are neglecting the one that, get, that gave you the, the responsibility. You are mismanaging uh, what God put you in charge over. And that shows up as a lack of respect and a lack of honor for the God that, that put you in charge. See, complacency often stems from a belief that there are no immediate consequences. Complacency often stems from the belief that I can get away with it. And so since this guy was like, you know what? My master is not coming back anytime soon. I'm in charge. I'm big, bad, and bold. He started having drunken parties. He started bringing his friends over. He started using his master stuff for his own pleasure. He started mistreating the men and the women that he was given charge over. And before you know it, he was like rogue. And, and it happens little by little. Some people think, let's use the context. The context is Jesus taught the parable of the 10 virgins. Peter says, does this apply to just us 12 or everybody? Jesus like, this applies to everybody. Let me tell you another story. So the context is some people think Jesus is not coming back anytime soon. So some people think I can get away with it. So some people think I'm going to just do whatever I want. Some people say I'm a Christian, but I'm going to live however I want to live. Some people think they could just mistreat other people, even though that they're caught and they know better. And they're not doing better. So some people think, listen, in the parable, what happened in the story? Boom, the master showed up when, no, when he didn't expect it. And then he was called to the carpet and then he got kicked out of the house and he got kicked out. He was cast out and he had to deal with 
punishment. He had to deal with a, a, a severe punishment because of his actions. He knew better. He was put in charge of stuff and he didn't do it. He, he failed to be accountable and responsible for what he was given charge over. As a manager, as a leader, you need to be you need to walk in integrity every day, knowing that, listen, whatever God puts me in charge of, whatever God gives me the leadership responsibilities for, I need to be faithful over that. Say amen to that. Number three, put in the chat, oh, I'm, I refuse to be complacent. Number three, there are consequences to abusing power. Put in the chat, I will not abuse God's power. The manager in the parable, thinking that he could do whatever he wanted, he started abusing people, he started using the master's resources for his own pleasure. And this misuse of power and this misuse of authority led to the exploitation of other people. And you got to be careful because when God puts you in charge, you got to understand how leadership works with God. Leadership with God is a servant relationship. You are, you, this guy was not modeling the servant leader that Jesus was modeling. God holds, a, holds us accountable as leaders to everything that he's given us charge over, and that includes people. So an abuse of power often comes from a misunderstanding of leadership. Now, I'm an army guy. There's a lot of people that are on here that are military people. So in the army, the, le the definition of leadership that I learned growing up in the army, what is leadership, Sergeant Pena? Matter of fact, Charlie Mike is on here. Uh, when I went to the board, Sergeant Major, <laughs> leadership is the ability to influence others into the accomplishment of the mission while providing purpose, direction, and motivation, Sergeant Major, right? So that's like the, I don't like that definition because that definition to me sounds like I'm in charge and you're not, and you're here to do what I say. I'm in charge. I'm going to provide you purpose, direction, and motivation. I'm in charge and you're not. I don't like that definition. The definition of leadership that I use, I got from a book, uh, a, a guy named Dr. Ted Ward, a Christian educator. I read it many, many years ago. The book is called on Being a Servant of God by Dr. Warren W. Wearsby. Anyway, in the book, I read 30 years ago, boom, I'm reading it, and it says, leadership is a servant relationship which facilitates human development. Boom, I said, that's my definition of leadership. Leadership is a servant relationship which facilitates human development. When, when I'm I'm a leader. That means I'm here to serve the people that, that are, I'm in charge over. God gave me charge over these people and I'm here to serve them. They're not here to serve me. The greatest among you is a servant, Jesus said. This guy didn't see himself as a servant and he got in trouble because of it. Put in the chat, I am here to serve others. I will not misuse or abuse God's people. Say amen to that. Number four, the significance of being ready when Jesus comes. Oh, I keep telling you that, but put it in the chat. I'm going to be ready when Jesus comes. We got to be ready when Jesus comes. In the context of the parable, it's talking about being ready. This guy was not ready when the master came back. He was out there partying. Boom. He got caught red-handed. Listen, you need to be ready when Jesus comes. Readiness uh, uh, for Christ's return is a, is a central theme in the Christian faith. Our daily lives should be lived in anticipation of Jesus's return. We should live our lives with an anticipation that one day Jesus is going to crack open the sky. On one leg is going to be written King of Kings. On the other leg is going to be written Lord of Lords, and he's going to come with this sword. Now, I'm, I, I believe what I believe is that those of us that are in Christ are not going to be here we're going to be raptured already. But I'm saying we have to live with this expectation that Jesus is coming back. And this readiness is demonstrated through our obedience. This readiness, this guy should have been obedient while the master was gone. So it doesn't matter when the master shows up. The master can show up at any time. 
and the master can show up at any time. And you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And, and so when the master comes back, we should be doing what we're supposed to be doing. Like you, you, uh, you see uh, all this crazy stuff, uh, uh, these stories where some uh, a spouse says, you know what? I don't trust my wife or I don't trust my husband. And so I'm going to show up. I go on a trip and I'm going to show up a day early just to see what's going on. Come on. First of all, there's no trust in that relationship. That's that's a bad place to be. But whenever you show up, your spouse should be doing whatever they're supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we're supposed to live. When when Jesus comes back, he should be finding me doing what? Being obedient. Put in the chat, I will be obedient and I will be faithful and I'm prepared and I'm living my life in such a way that's going to honor God no matter when he comes back. Number five, the reward of faithfulness and obedience. Now, another theme in this parable is that if you are faithful, if you are obedient, God is going to bless you. God is going to give you more. God is going to increase you. God is going to increase you more and more according to your ability to manage. So we have to be obedient. We have to be accountable. We have to walk in integrity. Faithfulness over the small things will lead to God giving us more, bigger tasks. But we we will not be given charge over much until we're faithful over what God has given us charge over now. So our obedience is a response to God's love and his grace. Our obedience... Love and grace doesn't mean I can do whatever I want. Love and grace should mean, you know what? Because God loves me and because God has given me grace and because God has extended to me the ability, I have the ability to reject God, to do whatever I want, to to live in a way that doesn't honor him. God has given me the right to reject him and, and, and just live and go in the opposite direction. And God loves me so much and I love him so much that I would never do that. I'm living my life in a way that I am purposefully and intentionally honoring him on a regular basis. I'm doing it as an act of my free will. I'm doing it not because I'm afraid of going to hell. I'm doing it because I want to. I serve God because I love him. I serve God because I want to please him. I serve God because I just want to honor him. And living that way, God will continue to bless you to the next level and the next level and the next level and the next level. Say amen to that. All right, number six, last point for today. The responsibility that comes with greater knowledge. To whom much is given, much shall be required. So the parable is saying, listen, if some people don't know better and they do something wrong, they're still going to be held accountable, but it's not going to be the same as the person that knew better, right? Because once you know better, you ought to do better. Put in the chat, once I know better, I will do better. Greater understanding of God's word brings a greater level of responsibility and accountability. We are accountable for applying the knowledge that we have received. So if you know better, God expects you to do better. So responsibility in the kingdom of God is proportional to your spiritual maturity. Okay, let me just use it this way with children, because we're children of God. Let's say you have a 30-year-old child, like I do, Let's say you have a 17-year-old child, like I do. And let's say you have a 10-year-old child, like I do, okay? Now, there are some things that the 10-year-old would do that I may overlook. That if the 30-year-old did it, I'm, I'm looking at him like he's crazy, right? Why? Because I'm expecting a greater level of maturity to equal a higher level of conduct and character. Right? Because there's a certain expectation of character development at this point. The 17-year-old can do some things that I'm going to be upset with him that he, if he did it, that the 10-year-old might get away with. 
Because I'm like, well, you know, he just doesn't know better. He's only 10, right? So in the kingdom of God, your level of spiritual maturity comes with an expectation of spiritual conduct and character. So God is expecting for your conduct and your character to be commensurate with your level of understanding. So the parable says, once you get a greater revelation of the master, then you're expected to operate it with the intent of the revelation that you received. And so if I'm getting a great a greater revelation from God, then I'm expecting to operate on that level. So ignorance, while ignorance is not an excuse, um, knowledge does increase our accountability in the kingdom. This is what this parable is teaching. So God expects us to grow and to mature in our level of understanding. And God expects this, put this in the chat. God expects my learning to turn into living. God expects my learning to turn into living. If I'm learning, God expects me to live what I learn. So when I first started walking with God, I was in Kuwait and I was 23 years old. And I remember many times when I first started walking with God that I would read something in the Bible. This was all new to me. I would read something in the Bible or I would learn something in church, in Bible study or on Sunday. And I, were, I remember thinking to myself, man, I didn't know that. Like, you know, I just learned something about God or about the Bible. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that by doing X, whatever I was doing, I was doing something that was against God's will. I didn't know. And now that I know, God expects me to change. Now, before I didn't know. And when I didn't know, not saying ignorance is bliss. I'm just saying, like, you know, I was wrong, but it's not the same kind of wrong as, as if I did it now. Because now that I know better, God expects me to do better. And so now that I got a greater level of revelation and understanding, God is going to expect my conduct and my character to elevate. Okay. And I brought that up to one of my mentors. I think um, Clarice Burnett is watching. So Clarice, I talked to Jake about this. Elder Leo Jacobs, the guy that led me to Christ. I said, I had this conversation with Jake. Uh, I was a staff sergeant. He was a staff sergeant. So I, I, I explained this to him. And this is what he said to me. He said, Pina, it's almost better not to come to Bible study than to come to Bible study knowing that you're not going to do what you learn because you will be held accountable to what you know. And that stuck with me. He said, listen, Pena, if you're going to come and then not do it, it's better for you not to come because once you come and you know, then you can't say you didn't know. Like, like, like no, it, was, it was better for you not to know because once you know better, God is going to expect you to do better. So the more we know about God's purposes, the more we're called to align with them. This is why James said in James 3 and 1, my brothers and sisters, don't be so eager to become a teacher in the church like me, like Rick Pena. I'm a, I'm a teacher. He says, don't be so eager to be like Rick Pena, teaching the word every day. Why? Because, watch this, since you know that what, uh, let me, to become a teacher in the church, since you know that we who teach are held to a higher standard of judgment. I can't go to God and say, I didn't know. And I've been preaching for 28 years. And not only that, I'm teaching you stuff. And so now God is like, you out here teaching them. You, be you better do better. You better not be out here teaching them one thing and then doing something else. You're going to be held to a, high, a higher standard. You're going to be held to a high level of accountability and responsibility. Oh, I know I'm teaching good right here. Our influence, let me say it this way as I close. Our influence 
God gives you influence. Put in the chat, God gives me influence. Our influence comes with a certain level of weight. And that weight means that I'm going to be held accountable to use that influence in a way that pleases God. See, positions of influence come with a certain standard of accountability and integrity. When we walk with God, we're accountable to how we use his influence and the management responsibilities that he has given unto us. If God has put you in charge of people, if God has put you in charge of resources, God will hold you accountable and responsible to that. Like Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries, we don't get paid, we don't take a salary from the ministry. When stuff comes in, we use it for ministry. I'm held accountable to that before God. Forget CPAs and IRS. Bigger than that, I'm held accountable. God will hold me accountable to how we use that money. And so that money, we got to use it in a way that honors the Lord. Why? Because I'm responsible to God. Bigger than the IRS, bigger than all of that, I'm accountable to God. So to whom much is given of him, much shall be required. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. That's good. That's it. I'm done. That was some good teaching though. I want you to lift up your voice and say this, Father, I acknowledge the weight of influence that comes with teaching your word. And I commit to handling this responsibility with the utmost reverence and care. I understand the standard of accountability that you have set for leaders. And I humbly accept this charge. I seek your wisdom and your guidance in everything I do. I embrace my role as a servant. I use my position to glorify you. I'm never here for personal glory. I develop maturity in you and my learning turns into living. I commit to living a life of integrity and authenticity. I reflect the teachings of Jesus in my life and actions. I pray for a heart that is quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I'm faithful over whatever you give me charge over, and I want to honor you in all of my ways. Living with this mindset, I know, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. You get my notes. Why would you not get my notes for free? Todaysword.org. Go right now. Put in your email address where it says subscribe on the top right email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Do me a favor. Two things. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Greater is coming for you. I love you. Have a great weekend. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.